podcast. I'm Kyle, joined by my brother Keenan. We are going to be reviewing week one, the first Sunday of the NFL season. Keenan, it was like Christmas to me. Uh, yesterday was everything I wanted it to be. I mean, we didn't have we didn't have yes. a particularly crazy Sunday. Um, really, no. if anything, it was one of the more boring opening weekends I can remember. But not a lot to still talk. A lot about. to still talk about. Not boring in the sense of I mean, there was action all around, but boring in the you know you got you got low scoring games, not a ton of upsets, not a lot of craziness. But I mean, obviously, you know, we're coming off the the Sunday night smackdown the cowboys laid on the giants um i have a lot of thoughts uh thursday funny enough i don't know about you but the thursday night game the uh the chiefs and lions that feels like it was a full two weeks ago like that doesn't even seem like (laughs) it accord three days prior to the sunday game so i'm i'm glad i wrote stuff down for it because like i mentally like i do remember it but i don't remember it at the same time like every there's we have to think there's one game tonight. There's one game on Sunday. There are uh, Thursday. There's 14 other games in just I guess eight hour period, nine hour or nine ten hour period. So it's like so many games to just digest. So you're thinking about oh my god this 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 and then you're like wait a second oh yeah <laughs> the Lions played the Chiefs and the Lions won. Okay. That feels like yeah no, that two was... weeks ago and I don't know why but it really does. Yeah. It does not feel like it happened four days ago so where would you like to start we've got a lot to discuss do you want to start fresh off of sunday night and then work ourselves backwards let's do that let's yeah do that. that's let's, the freshest yeah uh yeah go ahead start it off what do you think what do you think about the so, uh the beat down we saw last night so i'm gonna tie a couple things into it because all of it comes comes together okay. my fantasy day yesterday wasn't great mm. so in two of my three leagues, I'm probably going to win, so that's good. My fantasy betting, um, I did a three-team parlay. Two of the three teams won. I bet the uh, Steelers two and a half, plus two and a half. That was garbage. Wait, wait, um, wait. What do you mean fantasy betting? Like daily fantasy. Like I do got like you. DraftKings, FanDuel. So, okay, okay, and, like, yeah, like player fantasy. I got you. I got you. Yeah, like player fantasy. Yeah, I did that and didn't go well. Um, didn't go well. So... But the reason why I'm bringing that up because I did one real quick for the night, and I I got Dallas's defense, uh, Tony Pollard, Saquon, and Brandon Cooks from that mm-hmm. game. And by golly, did Dallas's defense <laughs> deliver? Oh boy! So it's going from t- yesterday to today. So like obviously, what tonight's game I could go anywhere, and then when max of like 200, it was a really small one, but. Dallas's defense, this might sound like a little bit out there, and I'm going to say it. It's not right now, and it's not. It just has the makings and the potential to be like a top five cent team defense of the century. Of the century? It has the, of the century. So from 2000 Ravens, 2002 Bucks, 2005 Bears. 2013 Steelers, 2015 Broncos. I think underratedly, but you won't really see it as much in lists. The 2014 Patriots defense was disgusting, especially towards the second half of the season. We got Revis, Browner, that whole entire front. That one, there's a couple other defenses in there that may people want to make the other like 08 Steelers was really good too. But I'm not saying that, but they're 
they have all the makings. They have the super superstar in Micah Parsons. You've got two great corners. You got Diggs who can get he's been much better about getting burnt. Then you got Stephon Gilmore, who just three years back won defensive player of the year. And he's still not like done. He's still very good. You've got the you've got Lawrence, who has become a man possessed. He got the hundred million dollar contract, was bad. Then Micah came and it like rebirthed him. He's now a beautiful run stopper. Leighton Vanderesh, still good. Like you this this defense really the only holes would be at like the linebacker position. They've got some younger guys there. The front's amazing. They've got depth. And then the secondary is very good. They were even missing, uh, I think, Devon Wilson because Malik Hooker played last night for them too. So that defense has that potential. Will they get there? I don't know. I'm not projecting that they're getting there. I'm just saying they have that kind of potential on that defense, especially if Michael Parsons keeps going in, in the right trajectory as he is. The offense – I don't really know what to make of it because there's not really much to make of it. The They got spotted 14. They didn't have to do much to win the game. They they essentially could have scored zero points and they would have won the game. So it's the offense, and it's hard to judge. The Giants are a decent team defensively. They're nothing great. We'll see more next week when they play the Jets. But the, that defense is really the biggest takeaway, of course. But you go on. I'll start with the uh, the fantasy tip of it because uh, yep. first off, let me say I'm one and zero in all three leagues that I'm in. Good for uh, you. But the big reason I am three and zero is because of that defense. I probably would have been two and one going into today in the league with you, with you, the league of dysfunction. I've been one and two. Um, I was down about twenty six points. I want to say going into that matchup with Joe, and I thought. You know, I was already bullish on not only the defense, but this matchup in general. I think I picked Dallas to win by 10. So I figured there would be some turnovers. Yep. So it was definitely going to be some sacks. Um, so I was expecting to at least make it interesting. And by the end of the yep. first quarter, I was already ahead on the scoreboard due to their defense. Uh, so they got me the win. It's exactly why I drafted them, obviously. So, you know, pretty happy about all that. Yeah. Now, uh, all century, I mean, look, I'll say this. Uh, when you're bringing up defenses, two that came to mind, one we brought up last week, the Legion of Boom, and of as well as their division rival at the time, the uh, the Niners had an incredible defense at that time, especially their front seven was incredible. They had a good secondary, but they were really bolstered by their front seven, who was you know just a powerful, hard-hitting, mm-hmm. smash-mouth football type of team. That was back, yeah. Um, so... Yeah. You're right. This does have all world makings for sure, especially with the talent they have at corner on top of Micah. And you're right. Micah kind of sets the tone with that. Uh, They definitely have an athletic defense. But I would also say, you know, did last night surprise me? No. I mean, you know, we saw what the Giants looked like last year against an upper echelon team. Now they start off this year against a top three team in the NFC a top five team in the league uh, and they got exposed. And you know what? Like you said, they, the offense got spotted 14 points, but that defense is talented enough to when they're up 14, they can just say, fuck everything else. We got enough talent back there. We're going to rush for and good night. And giants is off. The giants offensive line is not good enough to where 
they can compete with that. Props to Daniel Jones for playing the entire night, but they just do not have the talent all around. Now, they actually no. ran the ball well on Dallas last night. They ran over 100 they yards. Uh, That's uh, I was going to say, that was the Bucks, um The Bucks defense a couple years back was the same way when they got up, especially when they won the Super Bowl. When they got up and you got Shaq Barrett coming around, you had JPP coming around the edge, that's when those corners got – they were very good reaction corners. Was, the fact of the matter is they did poorly in coverage when you – Obviously, when you had a clean pocket and things like that, which is why they had holes, they lost to the Rams because of it. But especially but had, that uh, Todd Bowles talent. defense. That pure talent. It, that Todd talent. Bowles defense, when you – a turnover against them and they got up seven, it got it was like almost good night from there. And it was the same thing with that Cowboys defense, and you'll see it. When, when you have a certain amount of like firepower on defense like that, you the second you get down ten – and you can just say, Micah, go. Lawrence, go. Diggs, you can jump routes. It kind of it, it can get good night. They it become good they night. They very much have a traditional. They are about as explosive of a defense you can have. Um, yes. You know, they have quality linebackers, but their corners and Micah, that's just going to be, like you said, if they're up seven against a good team, it's going to be an advantage. Now it's all comes down to like how Dak and that offense is playing. Like you said, we didn't we couldn't really go off much because it was such an easy night for them. It was definitely a varsity versus JV night for them. Uh, First freshman. Yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> it was even JV. So, I mean, I don't know. I will say the little we saw of the offense, it looked efficient. I thought Dak looked efficient. I thought the decision-making mm-hmm. was good. But, again, this Giants team, they did make the playoffs. But a lot of it was because, and, you know, we'll talk about it with other teams, steal wins early you know the Patriots we'll talk about them in a second they could have stole a win could have stole a win against Philly then this Miami game in week two doesn't mean as much right if you lose now if you Mm -hmm. go down same with Cincy since it goes down 0-2 to Baltimore it's a different season Mm -hmm. I think if I remember correctly what the Giants were what three and one in their first four or maybe even four and oh uh they, I think they started six and zero. Right. The Giants right. last so, year. I think like they, because that's what uh, Saquon was like in early MVP conversation talks because the Giants were really good to start off, and then they just right. Pan. They didn't pan out. Obviously. So I mean, afterwards. you know, to comp- or like six and one. I think. Sure. Sure. Either way, like I mean, who knows if anything will come of it? But I mean, take take the Buccaneers yesterday. I think a lot of people would have picked them to lose. They steal one against the Vikings. Who knows what happens if they start two and three and all? Uh, it's mm-hmm. very they can sneak around and win the division. The division's not super tough, exactly. so I don't expect it but, per se. But I mean, that's mm-hmm. just how it goes in the NFL. Like where one week adds up to the next, to the next, to the next, and it yep. becomes intoxicating. Winning becomes intoxicating in this league, and to a degree, losing can too. Your season and yes. your morale, and you know how you feel about your head coach, can turn week to week. Uh, especially big big week for Pittsburgh next week when we're talking about things like that like you lose that big and then you say you then get another clunker against the Browns and you start 0 and 2 it's Kenny Pickett doesn't have two good games you start hearing things in the media which I understand like can't always be like that but it's again it's it happens with people like you hear things you can get in your head a little bit obviously Mike Tomlin's a great coach but it's really like the start of the season. Obviously, it's always not how you start, it's how you finish. But the start of the season matters so much. 
because if you get like the Bengals start off like one and three, even if they rattle off like five in a row, they're still only six and three. It's different than being eight and one. Like your positioning, I would say, and it, it, obviously it's how you finish. But like start getting to a good start is always always a good thing. I would say it's very much division dependent because you look at yeah. you look at the the Jags and the Lions of last year, where neither had the greatest start, and it didn't really matter. Now, like you just mm-hmm. said, Keenan, like you said, the AFC North, the AFC East, you can't do that. We've already seen it. We'll see more yeah. tonight with the Jets and the Bills, but you're not going to be able to do that in the AFC North. So in the mm-hmm. Patriots and in the Bengals and the Steelers, we'll all have division games next week and had high expectations. I don't know about necessarily high expectations, but at least playoff expectations in the case of the Steelers and Pats. Yeah. Uh, it's almost a must-win game. You have 16 full games after that, sure. Uh, but it's almost a must-win game for those division games. Uh, especially, yeah. I would say especially for the Bengals, you know? Um, and especially for the Well, Pats. the Bengals would be 0-2 in the division, too, which would be exactly. a terrible start. Exactly. So for them especially, it's 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 a must-win game, and it's going to be tough. They didn't play their starters really at all in the preseason. Uh, and you saw, I mean, shit, Burrow didn't even get to 100 yards yesterday. Uh, the Ravens' defense will be a little bit better to throw on. I mean, uh, there's there's more resistance on the Ravens, but it's still a divisional game, and you don't know what the weather's going to be like. We have no idea. If it's another rainy yeah. day, who knows? If it's another windy day, who the hell knows? Because uh, we do know the Ravens are equipped to run the ball. But, I mean, we'll talk about all that more so on Thursday when we do our game picks. But, I mean, that's the beauty of the NFL. Each week leads to the other. You will have questions each week about every single team, and you have them answered week to week. Yeah. Uh, I actually came out. I want to merge into game you mentioned with the Steelers and Niners because it was very much reminiscent of last night's game with the Cowboys and Giants. Uh, I thought the Niners, again, yeah. looked like a varsity versus JV team. I thought – I think the Steelers – I'll say this about both the Steelers and the Giants. I think they will both definitely improve throughout the year i think they're gonna be yeah i don't think i don't think either one of those teams are gonna be five win teams six win teams i think they'll be middle of the pack um no i couldn't imagine them but even if they don't make the playoffs which i don't expect the giants to excuse me the steelers were on my bubble um i do think they'll be competitive and they're gonna be in these games now yesterday though a lot of people had that as one of the games of the week niners and steelers i certainly thought i think i picked the steelers to win I thought Purdy was going to be rusty. That was my big. Same. That was my big thing. Was overall, I think the team will look good, but I think Purdy will be a little rusty. <laughs> it was business yep. as usual. They looked like they were <laughs> fresh off the divisional round from last year. Obviously, Purdy gets hurt in the NFC Championship, but they looked exactly like last season. Explosive on both ends of the ball. Uh, my biggest takeaway from that game overall was just how shaky Pickett looked. He was just missing open mm-hmm. guys left and right in situations like look you said keenan like how important the beginning of the year is and i said like i've said this multiple times i think the first four to six weeks early four to five weeks are similar to preseason but when it's a matchup like the niners and the steelers and people are looking at the steelers like the afc version of the lions you know who just like kind of you know showed some promise and they got talent and they got coaching Yep. That's almost kind of like a playoff game. 
like similar to the games they put on opening night in the NBA. Like you got Warriors Lakers. Yeah, it means nothing out of one out of 82, but you can kind of gather something from that one game. Like what's going to be an Achilles heel for said team or, you know what I mean? You can kind of gather a little bit you, from that week mentality one. too. Exactly. Like, like, um, like one that just reminds me of it was Warriors 2016. I know I referenced that team, but like they just came out like we are angry that people don't think we were supposed to be champions. Mm-hmm. And you saw obviously throughout the year, they went 73 and nine, but like game one, Steph had 40. It was like, a, why are you doubting us? So like it's just you see games like that where it's like okay, no this matters and to that's, us. And that's how the Niners came having out. the forty nine. Exactly. How the yes, Niners came it out. the Niners came out like no, like I the reason why we lost last year is because Purdy went out and we had to go down to our wide receiver almost at QB. Like we would have won without if we had Purdy. Like that's their mentality going into Week One and against a very against a very good uh, Steelers defense on the road in a tough place to play. And they moonwalked on him. That's a good. Regardless of it being week one, that's a good win. That's it's a, a really good win. win. It's a it's an incredible win for them, given the fact that it was a yep. blowout. They were getting whatever they wanted on offense. It seemed like they were getting eight. McCaffrey seemed like they were getting eight to twelve yards whenever they wanted. Uh, mm-hmm. And the Steelers seemed soft, which is crazy because you don't expect that from a Mike Tomlin team. And again, Pickett was my biggest my biggest takeaway because I'm like, okay, I know he's gonna improve. And I know he's yeah. going to – like I, t- I always say this. Teams will tell you what they think, right? Like they made him captain. They didn't go out and get a veteran. So clearly they mm-hmm. think something of him. But, you know, there was moments there down two touchdowns early in the first half where he had open guys. And, again, you mentioned they're at That's home. Awesome. I don't think it was a particularly windy day. It was a sunny day in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh was actually one of the better weather places. Even elements, you know, everything even really. And he was just missing guys. He was the weak link to me out of that whole team. TJ mm-hmm. Watt had a couple sacks of defense, you know, showed some resistance here and there, you know, showed some edge when they needed to make stops. They did it a couple times, but, you know, you can't ask your defense to keep going out there and performing when the offense is getting three and outs, three and outs. And uh, yep. I don't know. I thought it was disappointing for Pickett. We can see in five or six weeks, but I mean, him even more so than Daniel Jones came and stuck out to me yesterday as, you know, just mm-hmm. as inadequate quarterbacks. And, you know, Daniel Jones didn't put up a point and Pickett even actually led them on one touchdown drive. But I don't know. I thought Daniel it was Jones is. Well, cause here's the thing with me personally. Daniel Jones doesn't have high expectations for me. I kind of already know what I'm going to get. I, what I hope from Daniel Jones is make the easy throws use your legs, don't turn the ball over. Pickett, you don't really know yet. Like, not that I don't think he has, like, top five quarterback potential or anything, but, like, can he get to that Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott-ish style, like, range of quarterback, or is he going to be more of kind of like what Baker was? Like, maybe have a good year or two here or there, but maybe a journeyman, maybe, like, what kind of quarterback is he going to be? So you still have questions on him, so you kind of – and whatever, obviously, your feelings going in, he's a rookie, so you're like, you have hope that he's going to be like, maybe take that step. And obviously, it's week one, and it's like everyone's biggest things to overreact to week sure. one. Not that we are right at this moment, we're just talking, but like everyone's biggest things to overreact to week one. The, I mean, we could say right now that the Steelers are going to be terrible, and maybe they win the next five, and we look back like, why did we say that? So, but you're right. Pickett was one of those things where it's like, 
not a good start. You have now the Browns coming off a great win on Monday night. Let's see. Let's see what goes on. Yeah, I think Tomlin will have them ready to play. Um, oh yeah. And again, I think Pickett. I think both Pickett, and I'm going to relate it back to the Giants. I think Daniel Jones and the Giants will improve. Uh, yep. It's just Pickett did not look as good as he did last season. The end, you know, down the stretch, he looked, you know. He looked at least adequate. You know what I mean? It looked like he could at least, yeah. you know, pass the ball, move in the pocket. And, you know, yesterday against a very good team with this, again, Steelers have some expectations, at least for the playoffs. He couldn't even mm-hmm. get them to two touchdowns. Just something that stuck out to me. Yeah. All right. So I, in a moment, I want to go through maybe like our five biggest takeaways from week one. We can go individual players or whatever, and then maybe questions going into week two that have kind of gathered just because it's a little bit of on both sides. But we wouldn't be the Warner Brothers podcast if we didn't talk about New England. So let's <laughs> let's talk about it. We're just not us if we're not talking about. Well, let me. Uh, I mean, look, I'd say the first two games we talked about, those are two of my biggest takeaways. One being how the Steelers didn't show up. The other one being the Dallas defense. Yep. And this would be my third right here and i can relate it back to both games uh how mac jones did against this philly defense and this team in general uh showed me a lot showed me a lot i was incredibly impressed with mac jones yesterday that was probably his best game as a pro despite that pick six uh even more so incredible up there i was incredibly impressed with his defense as well i had high expectations with this defense but if you told me philly Granted, again, it's week one, but if you told me that was going to be their biggest test offensively just because of how much Philly can chew up the clock, just how challenging they can be from whether it's a read option, whether it's a standard handoff, whether it's an RPO, you just don't know what's coming out of those three. Yeah. And uh, Hurts control of that offense. And they were down two scores and were able to very much limit Jalen Hurts in that offense. Um, yep. I was impressed with everything I saw. Now – what I was not impressed with and what stuck out to me the most, and I wish Coach Belichick would take more heat for this, was being down eight, being, I believe, inside the 15 on a fourth and short. Mm-hmm. And why not just take the points there? Uh, it was Tom Brady day. I don't want to say Mac looked like Tom Brady, but that offense really did look like the old offense as far as the timing, as far as the usage of the tight ends, as far as – just the synergy they had, especially when they went no huddle. Um, he was in such a rhythm. I, That's the one. Th- I don't. Sorry to cut the, you off. Glass, I sorry. Just, I just don't understand why we didn't Go take on. the points there because we still ended up. <laughs> I think there was another play after that, another possession where we went forward on fourth in the middle of the field and we could have punted and we didn't. Yeah. And we still held up on the. We gave the Eagles half a field and we still stopped them on downs, got the ball back and we're almost in position mm-hmm. to tie the game. Now, if we just kick the field goal yep. there, we're not even in that position. Uh, so I just yeah, you have to get fifteen more yards and then or ten more yards really, and then kick a field goal, and that's a game. Yeah, exactly. Well. So I was disappointed with Belichick in that regard, especially with like I said, we could have stole that game, and then you know the divisional game in week two doesn't matter as much. You know, I'm not saying that I'm expecting to lose that game, but I mean clearly as we saw yesterday, that's gonna be a tough game in Miami. Um, I'm gonna yes. eat a ton of crow on Tua. Because, I mean, look, he fucking balled out yesterday, 466 yards. Don't even get me started on Tyreek Hill. Uh, That game, I think our defense is going to be able to compete, and we'll talk about it more on Thursday. 
I think it'll be a close game, but I just thought we self sorry, I thought we put ourselves in a bad position by not taking those points and not giving Mac an easier last drive. Because again, that could have been a field goal game winning drive at the end there. Instead we were, you know, driving for a touchdown. It just didn't need to happen. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was amateur coaching so, on Belichick's part. I agree. I think that's I think that's trying to be almost too nuanced in a sense. Like a lot of people love to go for it on fourth down, and like it it's greedy. good to go in, in certain situations. Incredibly greedy. It's good to go in certain situations, but three points is better than zero. And obviously, we were moving the ball on Philly pretty well, especially in the second half. But that doesn't mean we're not Mahomes. We don't have the Chiefs' offense. I'm gonna put the ball in Mahomes' hands. And let him go. I'm going to put the ball in Burrow's hands and let him go. Mac clearly isn't that. Let's. And we weren't clicking on those kind of cylinders to where it's like, take the points, be smart, and make Mac not have to. Not make Mac not have to do as much. Let him just kind of help him out because well, he's not at that level. Not only yet. that, it's not. Like, where, when you get. That's to, not even. My thing is. If it was at the 45 or the 40, fine, go ahead. Go, well, yeah, go when you're out of field goal range, sure. They're at the 15 on 4-3. That was just being greedy. Even even teams with Burrow and Mahomes, they're taking that. Like, for me, that was a Brandon Staley move from Belichick. I just don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Or Dan Campbell move, uh, which we see it pays Fair off enough. sometimes. But that's more so where I was looking at it. Because, I, I mean, I think we had the most total offense out of everybody on Sunday. Uh, there might have been one or I've, there might have been a team or two. I think two the Dolphins probably. Oh, had sure, more. yeah, the Dolphins. Sorry, the Dolphins, of course, but we, I think we might have been second. If not, we were certainly. You know, in the top we were up, up, up there on a yes. good, aggressive Eagles defense, and we were our line held up great. Uh, so, I don't know. So the big thing, big thing for me, was we only allowed one offensive touchdown. Yeah. That's. That's the thing. This defense has special written all over it. Versatile. Like when it when the game started off and it was sixteen to nothing, I was literally looking like Man, I, Caleb Lanou messaged me when it was sixteen to nothing, was like, is it just time to tank for Caleb Williams? <laughs> and I was like and I was like, you know what? They just decided like it just how it came out, I was just like deflated. And then the defense was like, no, we've got it. And then the offense started to move a bit. And I was like, okay, Kendrick Bourne's a real player in this offense. I like Kendrick Bourne. He has a good synergy with Mac. Ramondre, I felt like they needed to use more. Like, he got used in the second half. His, But, like, first half, he just wasn't – I don't feel like he was utilized to the potential that he should have been. I know Bill likes to do that with backs. Where he, was also, kind he was also sick going into the game. Oh what? Okay, that makes more. Yeah, I was say, I knew he did, but I, I didn't know if it would hinder him that much. But Mac, I was say Bill also likes to do that where he kind of gives like a first half to this person, second half to this person. He used to do that with like Dion Lewis and Legarrette Blunt. He used to do that all the time. So, but regardless, the the offense. It's definitely much better than obviously it was last year, and that defense is really good. Holding the Eagles to seven to eighteen points, obviously they got the pick six, so that's where you get the other seven to get to twenty-five. But that defense holding the Eagles to eighteen, I'll take that every week. 
I will take that every single week. And it's going to be, we're going to see how real this Miami offense is. And we're going to see how real this Patriots defense is this coming week. Like I mean, we're I, gonna, I mean, I think both, both of them, of them real. I think both of them are real. I think both of them are real, but I'm just like how it's going to be like a big, nice clash to see like, oh, is Tua really now that? Yeah, obviously, we know Tyree Kill is that. He's been doing that for the last six years now. And then obviously the Bills just looking at the Patriots is like, okay, their defense is in Super Bowl form right now. Like they looked it on Sunday, but I'm – I'm really eager to see that, and I'm eager to see what Mac can do with Tua, like going back and forth, because the Dolphins probably are going to put up points, I'm assuming, unless Bill has that good of a play um, game plan against him. But they're going to put up points. It's going to put pressure on Mac. It's going to be interesting to see how he deals with that um, other quarterback kind of pressure, especially not that it really matters, but both of them being from Bama, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, there's a little something there. Plays two Bama quarterbacks the first two weeks, which is – Yeah, true. <laughs> True. All teammates. Uh, All teammates. I'll say this because uh, again, we'll talk more about that game later on this week. But yeah, the two things really that stuck out to me. Well, I'll say this about. I'm gonna contradict myself. I am gonna talk about the Miami game a little bit. I was more concerned with this style of offense, the Eagles, how versatile they are on offense. I was more concerned about that game yeah. than a than a fun and gun type of. Dolphins team because Belichick's kind of mm-hmm. like even the Mahomes Chiefs Belichick's kind of put a counter to that now Tyreek Hill's always going to get one against Belichick it seems like it seems like he'll keep him in check for 98% of the game and that 2% is going to be one for a touchdown and one for you know 40 yard game that puts you in field goal position or something like it that. felt like always every big receipt like big time receiver like that got like one Literally like one. odell got one tyreek got one uh, like a lot of receiver it seems to be like the secondary style receivers that go off like a Devonte smith like could go like aj brown you hold to like 45 or like 60 yards and a touchdown and then Devonte goes for like 115 it always seems like it's the second guy if someone goes off on us that it's them not usually the superstar but sometimes it is because obviously they're superstars for a reason so you're not going to be well do great every single week but it all depends yeah i say that to say i'm not as concerned going into this next game as i was compared to the eagles uh and then next that's next the offensive line i was gonna say that's one of my biggest questions but uh going in so we're kind of already tackling some of the biggest takeaways and questions really already but uh, go on with what you're sure uh yeah, I was just going to say the O-line I was very impressed with because that, mm-hmm. that was a lot of the Patriots media biggest questions and biggest negatives coming out of the preseason yeah. was how their offensive line performed. And Mac really wasn't touched all that much. Like, they held up very well. Even against the Blitz, they mm-hmm. held up well. Um, so it's all positive signs. Like, the Pats look like all the makings of a good team. Again, it's week one. But, again, you compare that to the Steelers and Giants who also have – Light expectations, albeit expectations. Look how they perform against the elites, and then look how same level of teams it. too. Exactly, exactly. Those are Eagles, Eagles, Cowboys, the 49ers, Those are your three best teams in the NFC. You so could argue in whatever order, maybe. And you could argue those are the three best teams in the NFL. So you could you could make that argument. The NFC is top heavy. Yeah. Um. So. 
obviously we were talking about the uh, Lions game and the Chiefs game feeling a mile uh, miles away, weeks away. Uh, one thing I did want to mention as one of my takeaways from that was because of the uh, NFC being so top heavy, like I think the Lions might be fringe contenders. Because I feel like once you get to the divisional round, you have to be in the fringe contender contender conversation because you're getting tier two games away from being in the Super Bowl. I mean, like obviously they're not better than they're not better than Dallas. They're not better than Philly. They're not better than the 49ers. But after that, I think there is a crop of like four or five teams, and I think they definitely could be at the top of that crop. And I'd already put them with Seattle. I'd put them with Green Bay. Atlanta's being interesting. I like the way they played. Um, you you'd obviously have to look at. That's really it because I don't I, the Saints game that was a gar, that was a garbage. The Rams Seahawks I don't know what that was, uh, what like what the hell happened in that game like I division game I guess. I do I do want to say <laughs> yeah. to all those I don't know but all, shout out to the Ra- uh, the Rams to all those games you mentioned uh, I wouldn't call the Saints Titans game necessarily garbage by any means that. It looked like two physical defenses getting after it to me. I'm not a fan of Dennis Allen by any means as a head coach, but, I mean, those were two physical defenses. I've never de- been a Tannehill guy. Neither have I, and Tannehill didn't play well. That's going to be Titans' biggest question throughout this whole season is what the hell was Ryan Tannehill? Is he, you know, is he going to be a bridge? Or that's what is more it? so. But those Their offenses are questions. They are, but and the Saints have talent on their offense, but both of those defenses – can flat out play and were physical yesterday. Yeah. That I mean, I, that was one of the more intriguing games to me uh, because they're Titans both, do have talent. They're going to be else. tough games. Titans got talent everywhere else. They're they going to be tough. Be well coached. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. There's that. Um, another game that was like another another game that was a little weird. It's like the Raiders and. Broncos. I guess Denver's still at that 16 point mark. Russ looked fine in the first half. He's 27 to 34, but only 177 yards and two touchdowns. Like he's not pushing the ball down the field. Like he looked fine and like he had some drives, he made some plays, so you're like, "Okay, this looks kind of like the old Russ, but I don't that's a game you have. I mean, I get it's a division game. Jimmy played well. They obviously have talent on that offense. Jacoby Myers had a very good game. You obviously have Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs. That offensive line's that offensive line's all right. But like, I don't know. If you're the Broncos, especially after the off season you had, you've got Sean Payton. You've got Russell Wilson supposed to have this resurgence. Javante Williams is back. You got Samaj P. Ryan, who's a very good secondary back, grit, really good hands, also can run a little bit. You've got Cortland Sutton. I understand Jerry Judy didn't play, and you don't have Tim Patrick, so the receiving weapons wasn't fully there. But I feel like it's still a game. Like you got to come out with that one, especially as we were talking with the Bengals, we were talking with the Patriots even a little bit, like. 
you don't always get to afford to have those kind of losses and games where you definitely the Bengals more so than the Patriots. The Patriots could have stole one. The Bengals going into that, you think that they need that kind of game more so. The Broncos do not have any room for error in this division. Obviously, you have the Chiefs and the Chargers who are both 0-1, which is helpful to them, but you don't really have too much room for error, especially with Mahomes and Herbert looking at them. You would think that, but then again, you just really don't know. I mean, last year, the AFC West did not play out how we thought. Um, I think the Chiefs have major questions in their receiving core. Uh, the Chargers apparently are the same old Chargers, judging by yesterday. Very winnable game. This didn't happen. Couldn't even get into field goal range. Uh, and, yeah, that Broncos-Raiders game that was a really weird game. They start off with the onside kick. Russ looks good in the first half. Uh, they very much seemed to go game manager style with him. They focused on the run a lot in that offense which is good. Like Russ thrives in that in a West coast type of offense. Uh, you know, we mm-hmm. saw him rolled out more this and that, not in the pocket as much. Got to give the Raiders on the other side credit too. Uh, Jimmy G played a very good game. He had one pick, two touchdowns though. Um, the rate or sorry, Raiders have, you know, a good amount of offensive talent. They do have Devonte Adams. They do got my boy, Jacoby Myers. They do got Josh Jacobs. So, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. if Jimmy can play how he did yesterday. They are going to be a competitive team. And I think this division, I mean, I think that's how I had it shaping up, is to be a competitive division. What we'll see from Russ, yeah. that all, you know, that all kind of depends. Uh, I do, the onside kick makes me wonder if that's, I mean, you could call it gutsy. Sean Payton does have a, a history of that, especially in the Super Bowl, right off the second half with that against yep. the Colts. But to start your season with it, I don't know if that's like, fuck yeah, we're going for it, or I have no confidence in this team at all to come back from even 3-0. We're just going to try to steal the ball right now. And they did recover it, but they had a false start, I believe, on the kicker. But uh, it was a, He touched it within 10. Oh, okay. So like he didn't go 10, so he touched it within 10. That's but um, you're right. You, and you'll see that the question to that answer will happen or be answered. That question will be answered, I wish I could speak, in like four weeks. You'll see how he coaches these next three and four weeks. And if he's coaching kind of gutsy, has faith in Russ, faith in the team, you're going to be like, okay, no, he was just trying to go for it. Like, he just really wanted to start off the season like that. But if you look and he's tentative all over everywhere, it's going to be like, well, um, maybe he was like, we need, we need every spark and thing we can get with this roster. So... Yeah, it's gonna be very, it's gonna be very, very interesting. Uh, two teams that I did want to speak on more, and they play next week, and I think this game, this is one of my games of the week, and it's kind of more of a low key one, and it's Green Bay Atlanta. It's gonna be a good game. I think the way Atlanta used Bijan and Tyler Algier, they realized like, yeah, Desmond Ritter really, we need to make it this as simplistic as possible for him. He only had like 115 yards and a touchdown, but the way they use Bijan is he is electric. Tyler Algier can run. He's a very downhill runner, so he's great there too. You kind of got like thunder and lightning-ish kind of style there, not as much because Tyler Algier is not that kind of bruiser. But they're going to be in every game because that offensive line is really good. They are going to slow the pace down, and that defense does have talent over at different parts of the defense. So that they're going to be nice. And then Green Bay's defense is, like, top five-ish. 
Like they're around that top five. They've got, I think Dallas had 36 pressures last week on the quarterback. Green Bay had 35. Rashawn Gary gets to the quarterback as quickly and as well as 95% of the league, honestly. Like he is a man. They have Jair Alexander, who's a top five corner still. Like their their defense has all of the pieces for it. In that offense, if they have an Aaron Jones-centric offense, they're going to be a tough team to beat week in and week out. Just Jordan Love needs to limit the mistakes. We'll see how he progresses forward. But he looked he looked poised. Three touchdowns, no picks in the first game. You can't really ask for more from that team. So I think they showed – I mean, obviously they played the Bears, and both of you, you and I both don't have the Bears that great. But still a divisional game. Jordan Love's first start as the guy. It was good to see him – perform well in that defense and that team kind of play the Matt LaFleur kind of style that he wants to play in full. I think that game's going to be really good this coming week. Yeah, all week the Bears were favored, and I never understood it, not for one second. Um, I still don't think Fields is any sort of threat with his arm. Uh, No. You know, he can do it with his legs. His legs are electric. Yeah, he can do it with his legs. He's absolutely an electric quarterback, but, you know, I don't. I don't understand any sort of Bears expectations as far as fields, yeah. at least for this year. I mean, we'll see next year what his arm can be, but, man, they just don't mm-hmm. trust him. And, you know, Ritter, as far as the Falcons go, I mean, I think Ritter, like how you describe Jimmy G, that's – I think that's what Ritter is. Like they literally – like Ritter, if you can hit Kyle Pitts every once in a while, like cool. Like we're going <laughs> to hand it off. That's why, like – Sure, you guys clown my Algier pick, especially for where I took him, but I really feel like they're both going to get a ton of carries yeah. each week, whether it's no, he's... whether it's touches. I mean, you saw Bijan get a screen for his first touchdown. Like, mm-hmm. I think they'll use them both like that. You know, I think it's going to be incredibly focused on those two backs. Uh, obviously, Bijan, but so here's... I don't see Ritter doing here's anything. I don't even think. I don't. I'm sorry, go on. sorry. No, no. Uh, I was just going to say I don't. But... I don't see Ritter doing anything. Like, same. Analogy I use with Trubisky and other quarterbacks. Can you see that guy in a December game when you're down 10 and you need something? You're against the Saints down 10 at the Superdome. Is he, gonna, is he really going to lead you? No. Fuck no. They show you he can't. <laughs> Every way they operate the offense, they're like, Bijan's going to lead you. It's going to give direct, B- direct snaps. Point, Bijan's leading you. <laughs> direct snaps to Bijan. And no, like that's. Ritter can and, that's, and that, Fields can with his legs, but that's about it. And that's the same thing about Daniel Jones. That's literally like Dayball has been telling you like Daniel Jones has been like bootlegs and a couple throws here and there. Like he had a good, he had a big win against the Packers last year late, obviously the playoff game. But like there's been a couple games, but like through like 15 touchdowns, he didn't throw much. Oh. He just like what they basically said from him is, hey, don't turn the ball over. Make the easy throw. We're running it through Saquon. They des- what they're going to try to do with Desmond Ritter is exactly what they did with Daniel Jones last year. I'll say year. this. Throw it to Pitts. Throw it to Drake London. Give the ball to Bijan and Tyler Algier and get out of the way. I'll say this about Daniel Jones. I at least can picture and I've probably at least seen him come back from 10 down. Like we've at least seen <laughs> Daniel Jones at least – I mean, I don't know if I agree with a $40 million contract, but 
he's at least got a little more ability than Ritter. Ritter honestly so, is just oh, oh absolutely. literally a, <laughs> he's got more he's ability. a body. Daniel Jones, let's say he gets cut by the Giants. He's at least going to go compete for a starting job somewhere like Baker Mayfield. <laughs> uh, Desmond Ritter is a body. You could literally like you could have a robot back there taking snaps, just handing off to Bijan, handing off to Algier. Uh, that's that's what Ritter is to me. Listen, but I hope I and I hope I hope he proves me us wrong because I don't even like disagree with you. But like I mean, in his career, he's three touchdowns to no picks, sixty six percent completion, eight hundred and twenty three yards in like three games. Game manager, if I've ever. Uh, that's that's. <laughs> uh, I mean, he that's that sounds like him. I mean, if he does that all the time and just one touchdown 150 200 yard he's great because all that means is he's not messing it up i can't believe that and that offensive that's why I, <laughs> just not messing that's it why up. i can't believe you took pits and was like happy about it in our fantasy draft because i had pits last year and wanted to kill myself the entire season because i'm like i see no one wanted him from me i thought i I think that Ritter can get 155-ish a game, 160. I think he can get to that. And I think Pitts can get you 60 in a touchdown. So I think I'm happy. Yeah, he might get a touchdown every six games. Pitts is not. (laughs) We'll do it right now because let's do it right now. When is Pitts going to get his first score this year? You had to bet on it. You think it comes in week two? Week three. Week three? I'm going to say week five. I think week three. Oh, let me let me week just go see then, who Atlanta's playing. If it isn't week three, then he's getting his next score in week nine. <laughs> uh, yeah, they play the Lions next week. Yep, week three. Then they play the Jags and they play the Texans. The so your your week fives against the Texans. Yeah. So, I that is, I like it's Atlanta. Gonna be on a one. I really do. I didn't. Here's the thing, though. If it's anything inside the five, they're gonna run the ball. They're giving it to Bijan or Algier. Oh, if, they won't yeah. even, they no, don't it's going to have to be like a 15 yard. They don't even trust them to do the rollout. Uh, I don't know. It's. I'm just very, very, very interested to see where Kyle Pitt's career goes because I feel like he'd still warrant like a high he, round pick if he was like a He trade. has to. Because I've never heard a tight end as hyped up as him in my life coming out of the draft. And he's no, got he was, zero production he, to show for it. I mean, year one, he had a pretty decent year one. He started off, I think, a little bad and then ended the year better. He had, yeah, he had a thousand, he only had one touchdown, but he had a thousand yards. So it was like, you're like, okay, a thousand yards for a tight end as a that, rookie. You're like, that was, okay, that's that was good. With Matt Ryan throwing to him, though, right? Y- yes. So a the, human. if An I'm them, you've got to, you've got to get yourself a QB. Like, you need to be in the market for one. Like, I don't know who you possibly can get, but you need to be in a market for a QB because this team, ha- especially in the weaker NFC when you're going down, like, tier-wise, obviously, like, the top is the top, but, like, after that, like, it's up in the air. If you just get yourself even a Brock Purdy-level quarterback, you can compete for, like, the divisional. And, like, that's all you can really ask for. Like, if you can compete for the divisional round with the Lions, the Seahawks, the Packers, then that's all you can ask for. They're already, I think, going – I believe, personally, they're going to compete with them anyways. And the Saints – let me not not add the Saints in there. The Saints clearly have pieces. That defense is tough. So, 
I'm very I'm interested on both like that game and the other game I'm interested is Seattle Detroit going in but um I'll let you say anything before I go into that game I have no idea what to make out of Seattle that's all I can really say um it's weird because Stafford carves them up yesterday the Seahawks apparently can't fucking move the ball whatever which I kind of expected there was a weird line on this game Seahawks were favored by five when everybody thinks the Rams are going to be terrible right so you're like okay why isn't that a full touchdown um so that was some indication and I mean we saw how the Rams and Seahawks played last year they're always weirdly low scoring close games Mm -hmm. um and really with all these bad teams whether it's the Cardinals whether it's the Bears whether whoever the Bucks uh you expect week one for them to like throw some haymakers and by and large we saw that uh <laughs> the rams they just took it right to the seahawks and it makes me a little worried yes. i didn't have them going as deep as you and tim obviously but all three of us had some sort mm-hmm. of expectations i thought that defense was at least gonna have some fight in them and they didn't seem to but yeah one thing about it we forget how yeah stafford looked a little injured last year but not necessarily washed up he had a a serious back injury and you could make the case that was more so what i was worried about you could make the case keenan that stafford really like walks back into being the best quarterback in the nfc you could make that case uh how long he'll hold up i would put i would say hurts and then him if you i'd say hurts Dak, him personally if you're going off like if he walks into like if he's back to like stafford i would say it'd be hurts then him and Dak Her- are competing. Hurts is my MVP, second. but out of who has the most quarterback ability and complete as far as reading defenses, it's Stafford out of those three to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. I mean, anybody would want Hurts and Dak, we'll see. But I mean, Stafford's an immediate, you know, eight point upgrade to what they had at quarterback last year. So that'll be interesting through the first couple weeks. Because again, if the Rams could steal a couple wins here, especially if they win at Seattle next week. Or I don't know if it's a home game, whatever, but or sorry, who the fuck they play? They just played Seattle right now. But if they can win week um, two, they got Yeah, they play hold on just like two seconds. They play the 49ers right, at home. Right, divisional game. But even then, if you go into that game and compete and then who knows down the line, your season can just kind of flip. I don't necessarily expect that. I expect that. If they do lose some games, they'll kind of go in the direction of tank. But you just never yeah. know. I certainly didn't expect them to win that game, and certainly by not by 17 points. So, yeah, I don't know. I, oh, have, I got some worries have, about the Seahawks. I, I'm a little worried myself. Again, it's week one. I'm not going to overreact. It's a divisional game. It was weird. So I'm going – that's why this game against Detroit is something like I'm keying in on. Because even if they lose it, but they play a very on-brand Seattle game, I'm just going to chuck that up to, okay, that's a divisional game. They should that it, they'll play the Rams. They play the Rams weird. They should at least okay. Be able I'm going to just let. Yeah, that that's where you get worried, and especially because Detroit's defense isn't great. Aiden Hutchinson. Has like definitely starred a superstarish potential. So like when he, I mean that's where he was drafted, number one overall for. You've got to be that. But so you have you have that kind of game changer. 
But outside of that, they don't have too, too many pieces. They've got a few, but they don't have too much. So it's going to be like, you should be able to move the ball on this Detroit team. So, and you're going to, you should be a little bit more desperate. But the Rams, it's actually a huge win for the Rams. And the reason, like, because obviously you're playing for this, you're playing for the playoffs. Obviously, everyone, every, every team, all 32, think they can make the playoffs week one. So, in some capacity or another. But the Rams have the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Bengals in three of their next four weeks with the Colts sprinkled in there. So, you've got three of the six, seven best teams in the league in the next couple weeks. So, getting a win over a team that I believe is still better than them is definitely a great start to the season. Real quick. I do want to ask you about yep. tonight's game, but I just cannot believe yeah. how many people are not talking about Burrow throwing for under a hundred yards. Like I know the whole thing is don't overreact to week one, but which obviously Burrow's elite. He just signed the biggest contract in NFL history. Deserves it. Yeah. But eighty two yards. Eighty two yards of the divisional game and no one's really like bad and I everyone's like, Oh, it's week one. The Bengals start slow, but I'm like if it was 182 yards, even then you'd be like, okay, that's not up to par, but he didn't even get to 85. He didn't get to 90. No, he didn't get to 100. That's Desmond Ritter type shit. No, <laughs> it really is. And he was 14 to 31, 82 yards, zero touchdowns, zero picks. The Browns so man them. I went through, I went through um, his first five, his uh, stats in week one for the first four years of his career. He has not been good week one. And this comes off of he was a rookie, obviously, so your first game ever. He wasn't terrible, but your first game ever, coming off of a broken leg, coming off of your appendicitis where you weren't like, and then this year coming off the calf. Like he hasn't had a full training camp at all. So he comes in even rustier than other people come in. Not It's not an excuse because you still got to be ready to play. You're on the field. You got to play well. So not an excuse. It just gives it more context to it. He's one in three, averages 16 points a game, 61% completion percentage for a guy who borders around 70, four touchdowns to five picks for a guy who's around that two and a half, three to one. Mm-hmm. So like if that shows you anything about Joe Burrow week one, he won one game and it was against the uh, Minnesota Vikings a year two. But uh, yeah, he's 82 to 31, which is about a two and a half to one ratio or a 2.75 to one ratio for a touch on interception. So him being at 0.8 in week one, tough. So yeah, no, it's definitely something that you think should be brought up a little bit more. I personally don't think it's a big deal. And I have Joe Burrow going into the season as MVP and this one game doesn't deter me from it. And I think two years ago, uh, Aaron Rodgers against the Saints, like, had one touchdown to three picks or had three picks. They lost 30. I know he had no touchdowns because they lost 38 to three. And he still won MVP that year. I think that was the year he threw 45-ish touchdowns, 47 even, I think. So it's it's still one game, but at the same time, no, you're right. An all-time great, uh, all-time greatish talent, like, quarterback having 82 yards in in a week, that's, that's that's, that's got to be mentioned. Like that might be for a quarterback of his caliber that might be the worst opening week game from a quarterback ever. 
It's up there. I'm like from someone of I'm, that, some of that caliber. I'm sure we could find some other ones up there, but that's got to be up there. You're correct. Of that caliber, maybe. Like you have to think top five quarterbacks. Like I can't picture Brady, but all uh, Rogers, Brees. Also think of how the game was. <laughs> also think of how the game was in the 2000s and the 90s, where you could have these games off pure physicality. Yeah, maybe, maybe. You know, you might be able to find one, but 14 to 31 for 82 yards is a tough way to start the season. It is uh, tough. All I right. do want to say this, though, Keenan. We are both 9 and 6 going into tonight's game. I picked the Bills. You picked yep. the Jets. Uh, yep. Tell me, what are your thoughts on it? What do you think is going to happen tonight? Do you think it's good? You had a high scoring game. I had more of a low scoring game. Um, we do got to come up with a final bet the overall win total i think i won last year is that true you did you did. Do you have any ideas i guess i should have put more thought into it too since i'm half of this but <laughs> maybe we'll come i really let's don't come into thursday we'll, we'll talk about it thursday then when we're making our picks we that need to come sense. into thursday prepare for it we said that multiple times we did last year. we, we did we you know shit got away from it. us i guess but thursday we will but this this game i feel has it's, it's going to be on in about 15 minutes, but this game I think has the potential to be maybe the best game of the weekend. I mean, there's... Better than Dolphins-Chargers. I was, gonna say, I was about to say Dolphins-Chargers would be the best game of the weekend. There's been some obviously close games, but it's going to be tough to be better than that game, obviously with Tua hitting the game winner to Tyreek, but it has that kind of potential. There's just so much more story. I mean, obviously, when you have big games, excuse me, the storyline to it makes it kind of makes it a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, going in, it was it's like, okay, Miami uh, Chargers, high-flying teams, and then you see a really great game from it. But this one, you've got Buffalo. Is there turmoil? Who's the best team in the AFC East? Is Aaron Rodgers in his first game? How are the Jets going to be? Are they going to? And so all of it's coming together, and I think that this game is going to be great. I do still have the Jets winning. I think I have them thirty to twenty-seven. I think that this game, I think this game is going to be a very good, fun game, and I think Rodgers is going to hit the ground running. Rodgers with a chip on his shoulder plays really well, especially regular season. I was going to say playoffs; it's been up and down a little bit, but regular season, Rodgers with a chip on his shoulder. He's won two of the last three MVPs, so he's definitely shown that when you put that kind of chip and kind of put something on his shoulder, he can come out and he's going to prove people wrong. So I think this game's going to be fun. I've still got the Jets. I'm dubious of Rodgers and the Jets starting off so hot. I do think they'll eventually round into form, but I do not think it's going to be easy. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, they got it at home. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be some camaraderie here and there. Uh, yep. You know, we'll see. A lot of that will be dependent on the Bills' defense, which is, you know, very hit or miss. They weren't the most yep. physical last year, but, you know. No, these, neither one of the, beat up against the Bengals in the playoffs. Neither one of these teams were big preseason performers. It's not like they're playing their guys a lot, so I expect them to be rusty. I expect it to be low scoring. I expect it to be more physical, uh, which favors the Jets. It does, but Josh Allen's fully healthy. If he's going to be on the ground more, yeah. if he's going to be running more and you know putting his body out there, 
you know, that's obviously makes it easier yep. on the on the Bills, you know, then they can have the ability to blitz Rodgers yeah. a little more if they're playing from ahead rather than playing from behind. But I think it'll be I think it'll be very similar to the Thursday mm-hmm. night game we saw where it's just kind of rusty, things are kinda off the mat and it's you know, you're gonna have to take advantage of the mistakes here and there, you know, but it's just gonna be that typical opening night it's ugly kind of game. Yes. Um, see, I think it's going to be more free-flowing, but again, if we take anything from week one, Chiefs only put up 21, a lot of games in the low 20s, high teens, you really, other than the, um, the 49ers had a, had over 30, the Rams managed to get to 30, the Cowboys did Packers, Dolphins, Chargers, so that's like six out of the 30 teams that have played thus far that got the 30, so... Or Jacks, Jags did so seven, but it's gonna be so it's gonna be interesting to see when you only have certain amount of teams, really about like twenty five ish percent of them getting there. So I'm I'm interested to see this game. I'm eager to see Aaron Rodgers in this offense. Eager to see what the Bills do because this is the first time they really have since since the iteration of Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, where they've really had kind of almost push back on them in a sense because like last year the Dolphins were interesting the Jets were going to be something the Patriots are always kind of be uh formidable but really this is the first time where they've gotten like they're not the quote-unquote class of the division since Josh Allen and Diggs it's so gonna be re- it's gonna be interesting to see how they respond be real pressure for the first time since what 2020 2019 yes. really so yeah real pressure yeah to win the division yeah for real pressure for that I can't wait. Uh, definitely going to be a Bills fan tonight. Fuck the Jets. Fuck the Jets. It's always <laughs> fuck the Jets. So can't wait to see them lose tonight. Okay. Well, do you have anything else you wanted to talk about at all? No, that's really it with the NFL. I actually do have some uh, some FIBA and NBA thoughts, but we can get to that. Maybe Thursday we can get to that. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, there's definitely some basketball talks that need to be had because what are we doing? And now LeBron wants to assemble the super team again. So like, In typical LeBron fashion, as LeBron would. Yeah, in LeBron fashion. Okay, uh, I see. We're not doing it, so let me put it on our back. I mean, I love it because the fact that we're going to get Steph and LeBron, I've been waiting. I've, I've wanted them to team up for – I've wanted them to team up because I wanted to see a basket, like, stylistically, but I don't want it because they're – the best rival player rivalry we've had in some time. I'll kind of believe it when I see it just because I saw, I saw the report. It was like eight players that confirmed. Mm -hmm. I'll believe all that when I see it. I do think we'll have a talent influx. Like I could see Booker and Tatum maybe playing next year. I do think Steph's going to do it because I think Steph did say he wanted to do one before he retired and this would be the one to do. So I do think, I think you're going to see LeBron and I think you're going to see Steph and I think that alone will bring in others. I think I think so. Steph's more likely, but again, I'm still dubious. We if we could see these guys doing deep playoff runs next year, uh, who the hell knows? Like we've heard LeBron say this about the dunk yeah. contest that never happened. Uh, it's nice when you hear it in September. I'm not so sure uh, if LeBron's playing in the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Finals. He's going to want to go to France. You know what? Six weeks after that, training camp yeah. stopped starting probably two weeks after that. 
Um, what I re- yeah, we'll see. What I really wanted to bring up, Keenan, I've been wanting to bring this up the last two weeks. I think it's been about two weeks since his comments. Uh, is it Noah Lyles? Is that the track star that made these comments? Where he said, I think so. this was unbelievable yeah, so. to me. He just said, all he said was, you know, I don't know if you can call yourself the world champions when it's the National Basketball Association. It's basically the nuts and bolts of what he said. And the yeah. NBA and Drake came out in swarms yes. against this guy. And I'm like, I'm like, there's been much more offensive things said about NBA players or things that were like shots at their dedication. Like yeah. all the old heads constantly say like, oh, these, you know, you play 65 games. It doesn't seem like they're as dedicated. Like to me, that's much worse than him saying like, can you really call yourself the world champions if you're playing against United States teams? And every NBA player was out. Like I just, couldn't believe they were that offended by it. I was like, is that really that offensive? And then why, why does it matter? And then they come out and lose in the FIBA. Not only lose, they didn't even medal in the FIBA World Cup. So you know, that like it, it bolstered his point. Absolutely. Like I mean, like I mean, I do think that if this year's Nuggets team beats any team overseas in a series of seven, like I. Oh NBA sure, of course. NBA in the world. is the best league in the world. No, but. no I mean, so, so like, no, no. I know what you're saying. So I'm just saying, like, they're the best team in the world because of the fact that, like, they won it that year. And I think if you were to put them in a circuit over there in a series, they would cook anybody. I know you're not arguing that, but you say those things, and then you're in a world tournament, and you don't even medal. That doesn't look good. <laughs> it really just doesn't look good. And I hope that in the Olympics we bring out a lot of people and we have a great team because I would love to see it. I'd love to see it headlined by LeBron and Steph. That's that's what I would love. LeBron, if you got if you got the best twelve in the league right now on a team, it would rival pretty much any team. For the most, like, I mean, you would have to go through it to think just because of what LeBron, you, if LeBron still, if LeBron could be kind of what magic was to that dream team in the sense of just controlling offense and things like that, you've got Kevin Durant almost at the peak of his power, Steph pretty much there, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, like you've got so much talent, Anthony Davis, if he's healthy, like there's so much talent there. You could compete that with a lot of these other teams that have obviously gone on. I'm not sure if I put it on dream team or redeem team level, but it's close. It is close. So, but. All right, it's 808 and heartbreak. Shout right. out Kanye. It's time for us to end this pod so we can go watch this amazing game that's about to ensue. So Warner Brothers Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for viewing. Like, follow, follow us everywhere. subscribe. Warner Brothers Podcast, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Yep. Go ahead. At all. Anywhere. The Warner Brothers Podcast. Warner Brothers Podcast is where you're going to find us. And after that, we're all out. <laughs>